0: Welcome to the Positive Education Podcast with Ash Manuel. As we know, the number one hot topic in the world is mental well being. Ash has worked with close to 1,000 organisations impacting more than a quarter of a million people, including schools, sports teams, and businesses across 45 countries. Today, Ash is regarded as a global thought leader in positive education. In this podcast you'll hear stories, information and actionable ideas from positive education and well-being experts. The purpose of the podcast is so that you take away ideas that you can execute in your classroom, across your school, at your sports club and in your organization plus tips and tricks that you can apply in your own life. Hi everyone I'm Ashmanuel and today I'm talking with Kilette Boss. Colette is in 2022 and assistant principal at Roma Mitchell, Secondary College, and her roles have also been Director of Inclusion at Henley High School, Principal of Salisbury North Art of School, and was instrumental in leading and implementing positive education throughout Mark Oliphant College in Adelaide. Colette is a is a passionate about Colette is impassionate about embedding positive education throughout all curriculum areas and ensuring it is not seen as an add-on. In her roles, she's used research and evidence to enable her to think think, uh, outside the square to embed positive education in context for all children and young people, including refugee children with limited English and those experiencing trauma. She's previously experienced experienced as a school counsellor from R to 12 and a youth, youth development coordinator across the northern Adelaide region where she focused as a strength-based approach and the importance of student voice. In 2016, Claire worked in the education department um, in South Australia and was in a student engagement, and well, um, in the student engagement and well-being unit to focus on pedagogy and wellbeing and the balance between wellbeing for learning and learning for wellbeing. Now, I got that out. Welcome, Claire. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Ash. How are
0: you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Now, thanks for joining us. Now, this. Episode is actually going to be um, put out on Australia Day, so I want I want to throw to you, and I know that we're keen to do an acknowledgement of country, so I'm going to throw to you for that.
1: Thanks, Ash. Um, I'm just going to um, do an acknowledgement of country this morning um, that embeds mindfulness and gratitude, and so brings in that contextual approach to wellbeing. Um, So what I'm going to do is just invite those who are listening to settle into a relaxed position and take a few deep, calming breaths. I invite you to let your awareness move to acknowledge the Ghana people. And as you sit here in awareness, take a moment to acknowledge both of your feet touching the floor feeling grounded to the earth below and reflect on the connection that you have right here and now to the land that we're meeting upon today. Below your feet, you are grounded to the traditional lands of the Ghana people. Say to yourself for this, I am grateful. As you sit here in acknowledgement, reflect perhaps on the drive that you've had into work Or maybe reflect on the view that you have outside as you're working from home. Perhaps enjoying the fresh air either this morning or this afternoon as the sun was rising or this evening as it's setting and bring to mind and appreciate the beauty of the land that we're meeting upon today. Acknowledge the land and appreciate those many walking tracks that your feet of yours or your children have had the opportunity to walk upon and bring to mind all of the things that you can smell, taste, touch, see, and hear. And say to yourself for this, I am grateful. Continue to breathe slowly and deeply and focus on the feelings of love, compassion, empathy and forgiveness. And with your attention on your heart center, bring to mind the Ghana people and acknowledge them. And bring them to your mind with a feeling of gratitude. Feel the gratitude of the rich and the diverse region that surrounds us here in Adelaide, from wine country to mountain ranges to the outback and say to yourself for this, I'm grateful. And as you sit here in acknowledgement, take a moment to reflect on the traditional owners of the land who've worked hard, some without knowing you at all, to make your life easier and more pleasant. And say to yourself for this, I am grateful. Take a moment to reflect on your own reasons to feel grateful in this very moment. Bring your awareness back to your feet, grounded to the earth below the traditional lands of the Ghana people. There is so much to feel grateful for in this moment now. And as you look out of the window today or in the moments that you're outside, spend time appreciating the beauty of what surrounds you. Thank you, Ash
0: that was beautiful thank you for that and um, just to elaborate on the the uh, acknowledgement of country what what's your view on on the acknowledgement of country as a I guess as a well-being uh, initiative in schools or anywhere really what what's what's your um thinking behind it?
1: um so it's just hugely important to acknowledge the traditional owners um, of the land that we're meeting upon and um, to in, to teach and to instill that within our young people, Ash, um, and, and to embed a wellbeing approach and to allow our young people and, and even, you know, our staff to sit and be grateful and to reflect upon what the traditional owners of our land have done
2: mm.
1: um, is just such important practice. Yep. Um, and, you know, we, we can acknowledge... by by doing the traditional reading um, that that gets given to us, but to bring a purposeful approach and, um, you know, in schools to have those conversations with um, our Aboriginal workers um, to bring a a collaborative approach and a a really purposeful approach um, enables our young people to have that learning and understanding, Um, but, the, the way I did the acknowledgement of country this morning, and I did um, just to let listeners know, I did um, acknowledge the Ghana people because um, I'm sitting here in Adelaide on Ghana land and I know you are too, Ash. Yep. Um, but to, to teach um, about um, the different landowners and the importance of, Land and you know the Ghana people were um, here on the Adelaide Plains, um, but the reason I did the type of acknowledgement of country I did with a mindfulness approach um, just gives time. Um, it allows children, staff, one another, um, a moment to pause mm. um, and just reflect and and have that gratitude. Yeah. Um, which is is why I did it the way I did it.
0: Mm, that was brilliant. So, with the acknowledgement, to country, would you suggest doing that regularly, consistently, like if it's at an assembly or staff meetings? What what's your
1: absolutely, view on that? absolutely. And um, you know, the schools I've been in, um, our Aboriginal students have um, worked. Um, together with one another to make um, videos of an, of an acknowledgement of country that's played regularly. Um, but absolutely, I, I think um, it is incredibly important to do it absolutely. daily.
0: Yeah, brilliant.
3: Well,
1: but with, with purpose.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that one that you, acknowledgement of Country, you just read out then, are you okay if we put that in the show notes to share with people?
1: absolutely yeah
0: excellent so I've, I've got a copy of that and i'll make sure that i include a link to um download that as a as a guide for, you, for uh for the listeners um now colette we've known each other for about probably four or five years now and i know how passionate you're probably one of the most passionate <laughs> people i know when it comes to um particularly well-being and positive education in schools um how did that come about that passion for, for well-being
1: oh ash yeah i am and i know that we only have a short amount of time so (laughs) um, i'm just you know i heard this quote um from the world health organization um or a piece of research really
2: yep
1: um that has really resonated with me um and you know the world health organization predicts that by 2030 which Mm -hmm. really isn't too far away Depression's going to be at its highest. Yes. Um, and for me, who um, is initially an early years educator, I think, and now a mum, I think what does that mean for our young people, you know of all age, but what does that what does that mean for our receptions? Um, and you know what does that mean for us as teachers and and how can we, support this and instill um strategies for our young people to support themselves going into this world that we don't even know about i mean look at the world we're in now and the complexities and the challenges um, and you know the importance of looking after our mental health is just pivotal because if our young people if our teachers aren't feeling good about themselves and what effect does that have on our young people
2: mm. who
1: are trying to engage in their learning um, and trying to achieve their goals that they've had for a while? Mm. Um, I just think we need to give them every opportunity to feel good about themselves and to understand themselves and to have purpose but to have these skills and strategies to, to have this, um, you know, well-being healthy well-being yeah um but i guess ash i was really lucky my well-being and my passion for well-being really started when i first started teaching in Murray. um now where is Murray?
0: just for those people who don't know
1: eight hours north of adelaide um so um past port augusta um, it's a, a little town um, in far north, South Australia. Yep. Um, and I had the opportunity to work in an Aboriginal school, but I was very, very lucky that I got to work alongside one of my teachers. Oh, wow. And, yeah, his name was Campbell Wally um, and taught through the narrative um, and he had an incredible life um, and, you know, worked alongside Jane Goodall. Um, in Tanzania, as she um, learned that chimps used tools. But, you know, he instilled the importance of well-being in me and taught me positive education skills and strategies without me knowing what they were. Mm. And I look back now, having the research and evidence, and and think, wow, that was what he was embedding. Mm. You know, we would be driving up a dirt track and he would stop and we would be in the middle of nowhere. And I would say, what are you doing? And he said, we just need to stop and we're going to, to sit on this rock and we're just going to appreciate what's around us. Mm, it's um, you know, and that's mindfulness and yeah. gratitude. And um, yeah, I look back now and think that was what was happening, um, you know, instilled in me the importance of giving to others. You know, we made teddy bears and I did the same at school. And you know, we, we gave them to the Royal Flying Doctors Service to give to children who needed them. And, um, you know, we worked with schools around the region and, and made these teddy bears to And in our own time, mm. um, did it with, with the kids, um, sent them over to Haiti after the earthquake that they had. So, you know, I think it was back then that I really learnt the importance of looking after ourselves Um, And then, you know, as a counsellor, probably didn't have the words or didn't have the research behind me to really instil a purposeful approach to wellbeing. Yep. Um, And it was then 2013, I was at Mark Oliphant and my incredible leader, Lynn Simons at the time, sent me off um, to... Jelong Grammar, and um, you know, I listened to the to the the team over there present um, positive education, and the way that you know Charlie and David and John, and that, sorry Charlie Scudamore and and John Hendry, David Bott and Justin Robinson, you know, they presented with this passion, Ash. Yeah. And you know, when you have people like that instill this passion about something um you know that's what motivates you and I guess I came away from that and as a leader in schools my vision was to always present and always have this passionate approach to whatever it was I was doing um to, to motivate other staff and and try and instil that passion in them, um, so that it could then filter down on onto our students.
0: Absolutely, mm, that's, that's a brilliant um yeah, story about how you learnt about I guess well being without re- realising it, but then reflecting yeah. back on it and realised oh, this is what actually happened. So yeah, now I want to just um shift slightly differently to your time when you're principal at salisbury north so i know that you've been an educator in high schools um, i think even in uh, like really early learning as well and also principal of a primary school at salisbury north um which is in adelaide and it's a category one school um and you might be able to explain a bit more about what category one means but what are some of the things that you implemented from a well-being or positive education standpoint um in your two years when you're at salisbury north
1: yeah, so Ash, I was really fortunate that um, I started in at Salisbury North in 2017, and um, prior to that, I was in the education department. So had done a little bit of work with the partnership of schools um, that Salisbury North was part of. Yep. Um, and knew the work that they had already started um, in wellbeing, um, and so a lot of the staff at Salisbury North had already had some training within positive education and, and were, you know, working with one another to instill positive education. So I was really fortunate that I was coming into a school that already had a really good foundation. Yep. Um, and, you know, which, which is additionally um, a bonus as a, as a new principal. Um, and, you know, I just want to acknowledge that, that the staff at Salisbury North are just so committed. Um, and so I, I guess coming into a new school, um, it's about learning, um, listening, and building positive relationships. Yep. Um, and and that's with the staff first and foremost and then with, with the community. And so... Um, Salisbury North is an incredible school um, and has just such diversity. Um, when I was there, I had an Intensive English language centre. So um, we had a number of students who um, were at the school learning intensive English um, and from a refugee background. Um, and so ESL. Um, we had um, high numbers of um, Aboriginal students as well. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, it was about, yeah, when I went there, it was about listening and learning. And so, you know, for me, I, I probably mentioned before when, um, you know, I spoke about this passion for pos-ed um, or passion for, for well-being, I guess, um, you know, for me, it's never been about coming into a school and mandating it. So, you know, I, I think there's so much pressure on teachers as it is, Ash,
2: yeah.
1: um, to come in and say, well, here's something else that we're doing, just adds this other element of pressure. And so that's why I guess I have this approach to, to coming in and being passionate and trying to motivate and work with our staff about why it's important and bringing in the research and evidence to, I guess, have that purpose behind why wellbeing is just so crucial yep. so that staff can then have that passion and, you know, go off and do some of their own learning. And, you know, that's all I've ever done, Ash, is, you know, learn from others and ask for advice and, you know, my biggest motivator and my biggest mentor has been John Hendry, who was the Director of Wellbeing at um, Geelong Grammar. But John, you know, probably stalked him for a while. Um, <laughs> you know, he came out to mock and then, you know, I, I pro- would just ask questions, and which is what you want to instill in your staff. Yep. And then really what you want to instill in the kids. Um, it's no different. And so... You know, I I don't have all of the answers and I would always say that to our staff, Um, but we can look for them together and we can do that with the kids as well. Um, But, you know, John was always there as my go-to. And I guess one of the first things, um, you know, he, he spoke to me about and one of the important things in embedding in a school is the importance of relationships. And we talk about relationships all the time, but do we explicitly unpack the yeah. elements of a quality relationship?
3: Yeah, good
1: point. Um, and I just think, well, you know, the the of standards and all of that talk about relationships, but let's unpack them and what does it mean to have a good, healthy relationship? So um, John t- um, talks about... How giving underpins relationships and the elements of a quality relationship, um, and there's five elements of a quality relationship, Ash, and that's trust, forgiveness, integrity, hope, and compassion.
3: Yep.
1: And so what we then did at um, Salisbury North, and I, look, I will acknowledge Ali, um, who, who's one of the primary teachers, but Ali worked with her students to um, unpack that. Um, for primary students and so we talked about what does it mean to be a good friend yes um, and how good friends can give equally to a relationship and so we talked about um, trust meaning having faith in one another um, that forgiveness is needed for friendships to move forward and forgiveness is just so important ash because you know it's not about if we make a mistake it's not about making our young people give an apology because that doesn't really mean anything mm, yeah. um, you know forgiveness is about giving for yourself and so you need to forgive you first um and that would be what we would teach and embed um to our students um and i guess to just as an aside i you know It's okay to make mistakes, Ash, Mm. and it's okay as teachers to have a bad day. It's okay as humans to have a bad day.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: And, you know, working, um, well, in any school, but particularly in a school where young people have experienced significant trauma, we never want to raise our voice. Mm. And, you know, occasionally I would get frustrated as we do yeah and you know you might snap every now and then yeah um but I would always always go back to the kids and explain what happened and apologize to them
0: so is it sorry Just so just butt in there is that something that you spoke about with your staff about not raising their yeah. voice is that a conscious yeah thing?
1: But, but I guess you know I it, it's important to model ash and yes. so You know, I would say I completely understand, um, and this is in every school I've worked at, really. But you know, I completely understand if you have, if you know, you're frustrated. I get it. It's okay. But it's about how we then model to our kids what happens after that. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I'd, I'd go back to the kids and say, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um, this is what happened, and this is why. Mm. Um, and you know, let's work together and have this partnership to to have you know so that kids can see the equality in relationship. Because I never wanted to have, I never wanted them to think I had power over them.
0: Mm. Interesting. Good point. Yeah. Ever.
1: Um. You know, we talk about. You know, bullying gets mentioned a lot, and you know, it's about being an upstander, but it is about everybody being equal, mm. and there should never be power over in a relationship. Um, and if there is, it's a, it's about unpacking that and working um, to understand why yeah. and what we can <laughs> do to to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's, that's just that's really interesting because something, I mean, being a having a teaching background myself it's something that we don't often get taught as teachers how they have those conversations and yeah it's um i remember quick <laughs> i remember exactly the same i didn't happen too often but i remember teaching pe one day and i was just so frustrated i can't even remember why but i went off at this kid and i felt so bad <laughs> I, I, yeah. did find, I did find him at recess time and i did apologize as well because i as you say you do have bad days and sometimes as teachers we do um maybe uncharacteristically do lose the plot if that's on a probably better term <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> yeah but it's in if it's important to I, I totally agree with you what you're saying about being equal because um at the end of the day we're all human it doesn't matter where you're from what your background yeah. is we are all equal and um if we can as educators be equal with those with, with students and show them that and model it and I know that you're um, big on modelling as well. So particularly for, I mean, experienced teachers included, but particularly for younger teachers who may be listening, what's some, I guess, uh, some, maybe some scripts or some conversation starters about um, dealing with those situations where child might uh, show um, behaviour that might not be the best um, and point that um, or out or... What am I trying to say? So basically, if, if they've done something that's not within the outside the boundaries, yeah. those behaviour management type strategies, if that might not be the yes. right so, term, but yeah,
1: yeah, I guess I guess Ash, it's about you know, um, you know, unpacking those, as I said, those elements of a relationship, and just embedding mm-hmm. that in the conversation, and saying, you know, we are all human here, yeah, um, and you know, the character strengths are really Incredible resource to use in having those conversations. Uh, yep. Um, so, I, I guess something that um, I've done in in talking to um, children and young people is talk about perhaps they've overused their character strength. Mm. Um, so, you know, if one of their top strengths is bravery, maybe they've just overused that strength of bravery. Um, <laughs> You know, which is why I don't know.
0: Oh no, you're saying yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, maybe
1: overuse that strength of bravery, and um, and 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 therefore, what can we do to use bravery in a, you know, in a positive way, or or to bring it back so yeah. that we're we're using it as a strength. Yeah. Um. And and you know, what I have done is said, so what are we going to do for the rest of the week? What strategies are you going to do to use bravery for yourself, first and foremost, and then for um, your peers and and your teacher? Yep. And, and, you know, other things I've done, we've talked about, I remember, um, I reckon it was a year five, one of the year five girls, and she just said, I really didn't use integrity. I haven't used integrity. Mm. Um, and and which is, you know, we unpacked it as doing the right thing by others. Okay, so that's yep. what I need to work on.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and and had those conversations. And so just, you know, unpacking that daily and it and just building that into conversations. Mm. Um, you know, for me, well-being isn't about, you know, these far-reaching reach, programs or, you know, having to ensure that we're um, building it, you know, um, separately into the curriculum but making sure that it's embedded in everything that we do. Yeah. So if we're teaching maths, how are we embedding wellbeing? Um, and, you know, obviously mindset is an incredible tool to use in maths but, you know, are we embedding the strengths in there or, you know... Um, and so, just making sure that's embedded in everything that we do, um, and being just—I—I I, I bang on a lot about making sure that it's purposeful. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's—they're the sort of things that um, we we started embedding at Salisbury North. The same, I guess, the other elements, just for listeners of the quality relationship, is um, hope and compassion um and you know always making sure that we embedded it contextually so um you know mindfulness was really crucial to to, to um, what we did so we would have elements of mindfulness in staff meetings um I would offer mindfulness to staff early in the morning before school started and the students knew that we did that because mm. we would talk about it <clears throat> yep um yeah,
2: brilliant. and then
1: I heard stories of now, I would be talking to parents who said, mm, so my daughter made me get my iPad out last night when I was getting grumpy um, and I had to put on a mindfulness app, Smiling Mind, to, um, to you know, help me relax.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're the sort of little stories that came out. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, um, when we talked about behaviour management, I guess our... Our rule um, that we that we used a lot was the golden rule, which was treat others as you wish to be treated, mm. um, and just embedded that in our conversations all the time. Um, but I guess the other important thing too, Ash, was about student voice and listening to our students. Yep. Um, so we unpacked the character strengths. Our student leaders, um, our student wellbeing leaders, worked with students to unpack and have um our own Salisbury North definitions to character strengths and what it meant for us yep um and so it was just making sure things were contextually appropriate
0: so how do you how did you um so when students might for example you just gave the um story with the year five girl about the integrity that she said that yep. she wasn't so how, how, did, how did the kids, how, how did the students find out what their character strengths were? What, what did you do to... Um...
1: Oh, to, to be completely honest, Ash, being a primary school, yep. um, some of our upper primary students did the VIA survey. Yep. Um, but I think it's, it, it's difficult to have young students sitting at a computer doing a survey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: really what we did was just, we unpacked the character strengths in class Um, and then it was just about you know how do you for example you know um, kindness is one of the strengths so you know how have you seen kindness in such and such today or um, you know unpacking those character strengths when teachers are reading um, class books or just having character strengths at the forefront of what they did each and every day Yep. Um, and recognising that within um, the young people. So, you know, sometimes um, that would be acknowledged in certificates or I know teachers would write about the strengths too when, when they wrote about the students in their reports. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, we probably didn't survey um, the students using the actual VIA yeah, um, survey cool. until they were older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I probably wouldn't do it until they were in year seven. But, you know, to just embed the language as part of, you know, daily routine, yeah. um, that's really all that's needed. And it was yeah. the same with those elements of a quality relationship and um, the same with, um, you know, the golden rule of treating others as you would wish to be treated. It was just part of the conversation. And, Yep. Um, that's how you instill it within our children and young people
0: mm. yeah and I, I love yeah, i'm massive on student voice as well and do you have when the your well student well-being um committee or, or group got together did they you mentioned about unpacking um the character strengths so did they come up with like say five character strengths that they'd like the like school to be um based on or how, how did that work
1: Oh, so they actually spent quite a bit of time um, and unpacked all 24. Yep. Um, and just, um, you know, that was the language that they used. So just, you know, because it's a primary school. Yep. Um, so, for example, you know, Curiosity, they spoke about being ready to learn new things whilst questioning the world around you. Yep. Um, you know, perspective, examining different sides to situations, people and places. Yep. Um, bravery, not being afraid of trying new things and standing up for what you believe in. Um, so, yeah, they just spent time and then that was then built into, um, yeah, the behaviour policy and...
0: Oh, uh, cool, um, yeah.
1: yeah. just yeah, then uh, everything that we did.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. So, how, so once they unpacked those 24, so they got... Um, embedded into the behaviour management policy? Were they, were they visible around the school as well, like in terms of posters?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, classics? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Every classroom had them up and about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, teachers did things like um, recognising strengths and students looking for strengths in others. And, um, you know, something that we did at Mark Oliphant, um, Ash, was we called it love bombing. Um, And we would get a a student to kind of sit up the front in front of the whiteboard um, and the other students in the class would kind of write kind things behind them or or write the strengths that they see in them behind them and we'd take a photo and they could then take that home.
3: Oh, brilliant.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, little things like that. But, you know, then if students are having a bad day, so if you've got that photo of what your peers have said about you, and that young person's having a bad day, that's what you pull out and you unpack. Uh,
3: Um, Brilliant,
1: yep. You know, things like um, getting the students, this is probably for upper primary and secondary kids, um, and and part of what we've done in transition processes is getting the kids and even the parents to write about their students at their best um, and... Um, you know, then you can kind of see the strengths that the kids are using when they're at their best. Mm. Um, and again, that's then what you pull out when that young person's having a bad day. You know this is what your parents wrote about you, and this yep. is what you've written about yourself.
2: Yeah, um,
1: So let's actually focus on your strengths here um, and and how can we move forward from how you're feeling. But I think Ash, it's important to acknowledge that it's okay to have bad moments oh, absolutely. and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to feel sad or angry or yep. frustrated. Yep. Um, I guess when I first went into the, the world of positive psychology and came back and presented to staff, I think they saw me as a bit of a hippie <laughs> who just meditated and was happy all the time and – yeah, and that's not the case. And it wasn't until I probably stood up and reflected and said, "This is not what positive psychology is about." Because if we were, if we're looking at a language languishing to flourishing scale, and if you're sitting on a ten all the time, yeah, you are not actually coping well, really. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, so um, positive education really is about acknowledging when you're having those bad moments yeah and and knowing how to sit with that feeling and then knowing the strategies to cope with that
0: yeah oh absolutely and I, I reckon that's something that probably in the last five or six years I've really understood about like well-being posit as well is that it's okay you're right to be sad mad, frustrated angry but it's also good to know all right once you do feel that I guess acknowledge that and then what what can i do to make myself feel better or how can i help yeah. someone else feel better um yeah and like i mean things like physical activity is a massive one so for me yeah. if i'm having a bad day i'll go and do intense physical activity can hardly breathe but it just takes my um it just moves oh, for a start I'm not thinking about what i'm doing because i can't breathe <laughs> and, but Ooh. then afterwards you feel great um you feel really yeah. good what was maybe bothering you is less significant than it was at the start, but it's, yeah. that works for me, but what works for me might not work for somebody else. So it's important to find what does
2: work for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which is why, you know, teaching those different strategies,
2: Yes, you know,
1: yeah. mindfulness. So for example, you know, a story was, uh, I had a class, I think about year ones, reception year ones, and it was the intensive English language center. So, ESL, very limited English, and uh, Vicky, the teacher, was teaching them um, mindfulness, Mm. um, but she did it using a feather. Um, And so they would blow the feather and feel the feather and see it going up and down when they were breathing.
2: Mm.
1: And then it was just building on to that each time they did it. Um, But it was a couple of weeks later, one of the students picked herself up and took her to the corner and did some deep breathing you know that's a five-year-old six-year-old that you know understood when to use it took herself away and then brought herself back to class Mm. um, when she's ready
0: yeah that is amazing it's yeah um, yeah and and you're right it's it's showing um or modeling strategies that students can use and find out what works best for them because what they don't you don't know you don't know so it's about exposing them to different things not telling them you've got to do this but showing them so this is something to try or this is something you can give a go and then um i'm sure that one or two things will work for people the more more you show them but it's um yeah very individual but it's um so it's such an important thing to show people how to uh, or particularly young people how to um overcome challenges or disappointment or sadness or whatever it is but um yeah now we'll we'll keep moving to um, conscious of time. So going into your, I know that you're about to start at a new school and I know you touched on this before briefly, but I just want to expand on it because being, uh, I haven't said it too often, but every now and then you'll see a leader or a teacher coming to a school. I don't know if it's an ego thing or what it is, but they'll come in and try to stamp their authority authority on a class or a year level or, or a school straight away and it can rub um, staff and it can rub parents and kids up the wrong way. So going to a new school, what's something that you could recommend or what's something that, because I know that you've started at at a few schools before, but starting this year, what is your approach going to be going to a a new school, which is actually a totally new role as well, I believe?
1: Yeah. Yeah, So I I guess, yeah, as you've said, Ash, I've I've moved um, from a number of schools and, you know, for me, that's about um, learning in different contexts um, yep. and, and me um, being a learner as well. Um, and so for me, first and foremost, it's about relationships. Um, and so, you know, coming in and um, learning from the staff that are already there. Yep. Um, you know, for, for people going into a new school, whether they be a teacher or a leader or a principal, um, you know, there are already incredible things happening in our schools um, around our nation, really. And so I guess one of the mottos that I've used since Mark Oliphant really is starting from what's strong and not from what's wrong. So Mm. You know there are already incredible things happening in sites, and it was the same when I went to Henley. Um, let's let's go into a new place. Let's listen to the staff that are already there, and let's build on the strengths of what the site already has happening. Yeah. Um. And so, for example, at Henley, you know, it's about. For me, going into Henley, um, Eddie, the principal, um, was very strong on the values of the school, which was to strive to seek and not to yield. So for me, before I went in there, it was about me learning those values and then perhaps looking at what positive education or wellbeing elements sit within to strive to seek and not to yield. Um, And then when I could then have conversations with staff um, it was about weaving um, the well-being elements into those values.
3: Yep.
1: So, um, again, it's that whole contextual approach. Um, and so that's kind of what I did when I went into Henley. Um, but for me, when I, when I move into Roma Mitchell, it will certainly be about learning from the leaders and learning from the staff and also learning from the students Yes. Um, My biggest learning, Ash, when I was working in the department, um, I was really fortunate that I got to go and work with partnerships and students and unpack um, the wellbeing data,
2: um,
1: the WEC data. And I learned so much from the students. I remember sitting with a partnership where, you know, some of the WEC data wasn't great. And as adults, you look at it and think, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? What strategies are we going to put in place? And those students turned to me and said, we see opportunity.
2: Mm.
1: Because rather than focus on, because the the data comes up red, orange and green, rather than focus on the red, they looked at the large amounts of orange and they said, we see huge opportunity here. Mm. And for me, that was such an eye-opener And that same group of students, we unpacked what it meant to be resilient. And, you know, a lot of students will say, oh, bouncing back. And this same group of students said to me, no, this is about bouncing forward.
3: (laughs) And, you
1: know, I think we underestimate our students.
2: Mm.
1: And, you know, when we're unpacking data, which we do as teachers and leaders, I guess I look now and think, but this is the students own this data yep, and they're the ones that know themselves and know their peers. So let's unpack it with them. Yep. And you know, when they came up with strategies and this was, I had primary students and secondary students. I think sometimes we think, Oh my gosh, they're going to want things that cost lots of money or yep. they, they don't, you know, our young people just want themselves and their peers to feel good yeah and you know they want to work with one another to have to support the well-being of everybody and you know I remember a group of young people um, who were kind of talking about they were looking at data and looking at secondary data and looking at different schools data and you know one schools was higher than another and They said, but we could go there and we could learn from them. Hmm. I thought, what a great strategy, you know? And these are 12-year-old kids. And I just think we underestimate them. Um, And, you know, I I think we can learn so much from our young people. And, you know, especially now, um, when we're in the world that we're in, um, our young people are home and... You know I think if we ask them how they could feel better um or what strategies we could do, um, we could just learn so much from them. I, I remember one of the students at Henley, um, and I've got a quote from him in front of me actually, Ash, when we speak about we speak about a culture of care.
2: Mm.
1: And I think as a leader, that's all I want. Um, and as a teacher, that's all I want because essentially teachers are leaders. Um and their leaders in their own classrooms. Yep. And if we can instill a culture of care um, and that you know equal relationship, the kids will feel good about themselves, which will enable this access to the learning channel. Um, and so this young person said, as a student growing and progressing through high school, the culture of care and teaching of well-being are highly important. Being a teenager, most of the time I find myself feeling lost and stressed, but having a culture of care doesn't immediately stop my struggles, it gives me a sense of belonging and I know deep inside that I am safe and people around me care enough to help me go through anything. Now that I am being taught about well-being, I understand that what I go through is absolutely normal and can be solved. I can identify when my mindset is not right and when I am too confident or too anxious. I have the knowledge of what I can and cannot control. This all to me, and I am sure for many other students, builds resilience and patience. Hmm. I think he sums it up in a nutshell. Like
0: that's, how that,
1: that's what we wanna instill in our young people. Hmm.
0: Is that your 12 student?
1: Uh, he would have been in year nine or year ten nine. at the
0: time. He <laughs> was. I don't know if i when I was in year nine, I don't think I'd be writing something yeah. <laughs> quite. Yeah, quite as uh, maybe maybe year 10. Yeah. But definitely wasn't yeah. in year
1: 12. And mm. yeah.
0: So yeah. from listening to that, that's a lot of self awareness, isn't it? That um.
1: Absolutely. Particularly absolutely.
0: understanding, yep, yeah, that understanding when he gets too confident or yeah. low self esteem. Like that's yeah. really good. And, and that's.
1: Absolutely if we can instill that self-awareness, you know, for our primary students, if they can acknowledge when they've made a mistake, from that they can move forward, Mm. you know, and if our secondary students can acknowledge when they're feeling stressed Mm. and and can have tools and strategies to cope with being stressed, Mm. because essentially... They're going to get stressed as adults we get stressed, you know yeah. but it's acknowledging when you feel that and then having the tools to cope with that mm. and move forward you know i use that language a lot about moving forward yeah um but yeah. you know it's those tools to move forward mm.
0: absolutely um yeah it's an interesting concept that moving forward because traditionally we hear bouncing back but um a guy called um, Sam Cawthorne. He he's written a book actually called um, uh, Bounce Forward because he ah. he lost his um, uh, lost an arm in a car accident, mm-hmm. and he he um, he realised that he didn't want to bounce back. He wanted to bounce forward because that was his new new way of life, um, yeah. and he wanted to bounce forward from that. So he actually wrote a, a book on it, um, and that's his catchphrase: um, Bounce Forward. So yeah. it's a really interesting concept, um, and I r- yeah, really could resonate with that as well. Uh, now, Colin, I'm just um, yeah, really conscious about time. This has been a brilliant conversation. Now, is there any just one last um, piece of advice that you could give a school or a wellbeing leader or, or teachers um, who either are already implementing wellbeing at their school or who are looking to? And, um, and I know that you've mentioned it doesn't have to be like a whiz bang program or, or set up it's just about um including that well-being into the, the daily practices and before we actually started um recording we was having a conversation and we spoke about um something called or habit stacking where um mm. which pretty much means that what adding to or not necessarily adding in new things but um including well-being to what you're already doing like assemblies whether that's um the acknowledgement with the country as a whole school in that the mindful approach that we did at the start or whether that's um, well-being um, awards at assembly or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but have you got any uh, parting advice that you'd like to uh, share with anyone?
1: Uh, I guess, Ash, for me, it's about um, I don't want people to fear teaching well-being
2: mm.
1: um, or being afraid. I think when we say when we talk about mental health or mental well-being, it's sometimes scares people and people are worried about teaching the wrong thing. And so for me, it's about not being afraid and it's about starting small um, and just embedding small strategies um, into daily practices and most importantly about doing it with purpose. So for me, it was a, it's about, um, you know, yes, having the research and evidence behind why we're doing what we're doing and that's about instilling the passion um, within, um, you know, the staff team but also the students and, and the community. But, you know, small steps and not being afraid but having fun um, and I, I, I probably didn't mention it. Um Much, but my approach has always been about um, uh, self care for teachers. Yep. Um, and making sure that we're looking after ourselves first. Yes um, because if as teachers and leaders and educators we're not feeling good, then that's going to have a significant impact on the kids in our class. Mm. Because I tell you what, they feel it.
2: Mm.
1: And I guess I'll I'll leave with a story of of how that really resonated with me. Mm. Every morning at Salisbury North, I had this young boy, um, he was a reception um, and he would walk in past my office every single morning or see me out in the yard because I was out in the yard every morning. And he would always say good morning and I would always talk back and ask you know, how he was. And one morning, I I don't know, I was dealing with something as you do, things that pop up, and I must have walked straight past him. And he came and found me later that morning, and he asked me if I was okay. Mm. Now, this is a five-year-old. And and I said, yeah, mate, I'm okay. What makes you ask that? And he said, you didn't talk to me this morning. You looked very busy and you looked stressed.
2: Mm.
1: And that's a five-year-old. And he said, you normally always say good morning and we have a conversation. Mm. And I, I just think, and again, it, you know, that resonated with me, the, number one, the importance of relationships, but number two, the importance of just self-care. Mm. Um, and I probably, on reflection, I could have said good morning and said, you know, I'm um, just have to go and do something. I'll come back and have a chat to you. Um And again, you know, reflection is important and, you know, it's okay to be busy, but it's also okay to stop and take a breath because Mm. things can wait. Yep. So I guess my other parting message, I've got plenty, Ash, (laughs) is, you know, to me that's why mindfulness is just so important because it teaches the power of presence and teaches the power of the pause you know, teachers have always got things happening. Principals have got, you know, parents coming in. And it's the same if you're a parent. You know, things on the go all the time. You know, people can wait five seconds. Mm. And and that was probably my biggest learning um, at Salisbury North and what I've taken into um, Henley and will take through um, to Rowan Mitchell is things can wait. Mm, even if it's five seconds you can stop and you can pause and you can breathe because Mm. that gives you time to think about what's going to happen next or the conversation that you're going to have next um nothing is too important to stop firstly for yourself yeah, but then secondly for others around you
0: Mm, brilliant now appreciate it and thank you so much for for sharing that advice and um, as we as we wrap up, I know that um, people can be listening to this at different times, but going into a, a new school year and as staff come back um, in the, depending on where they are, but in the next, particularly Australia, in the next week or two, um, it's interesting. I remember um, when you start a new school or uh, coming back, it can be a bit of a, a challenging time because you have been on holidays for so long, but also starting a new school can be very daunting. Um, particularly for a younger teacher so just a little bit of advice for myself get around each other at, at introduce you introduce yourself to new staff talk to new yeah. people um ask meaningful or not necessarily personal questions but meaningful questions that you get to know someone um make them feel yeah. people feel a part of it because um stress um studying a new school and schools can be quite clicky in the staff room sometimes but see if you can just go out your comfort zone a little bit and speak to someone you haven't before and particularly the new teachers, because uh, it, it goes a long way to um, making feel, people feel welcome and building that strong, um, caring culture as we spoke about, um, particularly amongst staff. <laughs> so thank you so much Colette for uh, coming on today. You have given so many things that um, people can take away and apply and um, you know, think about as well. And thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Positive Education podcast today.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ash. It's been lovely talking about wellbeing.
0: Absolutely, no worries. Well, um, thank you, and we'll uh, we'll see back to everyone. We'll see everyone later.